Life can always use more Cedar Point. And right now, you can get more Cedar Point for less with the Fun Day Bundle. Each bundle saves you more than 35% on admission, parking, and dining for one low price. That means more coasters like Steel Vengeance and Millennium Force, and even more excitement with the Cedar Point Parade and Spectacular. But you better hurry because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at Kroger.com boost. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network across Europe on Radio X, as well as on iHeartRadio. If you'd like to send an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And if you'd like to find out all about our show what we've been up to, what we're doing now, and where we intend on go, exoneradiotv.com. Plus, don't forget to do this, Exxon Nation. Visit the Exxon Broadcast Network to find out all the great programs we have for you with our compliments. That's right, with our compliments at www.xzbn.net where you can listen to us, 724-365. My guest this hour is Dr. Scott Cole Baba, he is a medical doctor, a practicing internist. He's interviewed 200 courageous physicians who came forward with 26 of the most miraculous experiences of their careers. Now, these stories have been chronicled in his new book, Physicians Untold Stories. Dreams foretelling future events, apparitions, and other miraculous experiences come to life within its pages. Meant to awe, instruct, and inspire... These tales will convince even the hardest skeptic that there are things beyond the physical world, and sometimes all we need to do is believe. And Exonation, as I've been telling you for the past 26 years, every night, belief is the strongest power in the universe. Dr. Cole Baba, after completing a tour in the Marine Corps Reserves, attended the University of Illinois College of Medicine, where he graduated with honors and was rewarded membership in the Alpha Omega Alpha Honor Medical Society. He completed his residency at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. In private practice, he has been recognized as one of the top doctors in the Chicagoland area by Chicago Magazine. Dr. Cole Baba is bringing his message of spiritual love and hope to thousands through his many speaking engagements, radio and podcast interviews. And uh, we are very happy, 
am proud and pleased to have Dr. Scott Kolbaba here tonight in the Exxon to share his message with you, the members of the Exxon Nation. Dr. Scott, welcome to the Exxon. Thanks, Rob. It's great to be here. Uh, you know, Doctor, as I was telling you off air, my wife, Lori, is a nurse, and I must tell you that having you publish a book like this is going to bring so much relief to so many members of the medical community who who have these stories and say, well, you know what, nobody's going to believe us, nobody's going to listen. And here you have you and your book out there, Breaking the Ice. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. And, and you know, that's that's really true, Rob. I've, I've had so many people come forward to me and say, you know, you need to listen to my story because I've never told anyone. Mm-hmm. But now that, the, you know, that the, your book is out, I feel more comfortable about sharing it. And, and lots of people have these stories. Let me ask you, doctor, what was your inspiration for writing your book? You know, uh, I've been in practice a long time. About five or six years ago, I started to have some unusual experiences. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, wrote them off as just an interesting uh, experience. And then probably the tipping point was when Dr. Dave Mokel, my orthopedic surgical friend, came running up to me on the floor of a hosp- our hospital. He grabbed me by the arm and said, Scott, I've got to tell you this incredible story. <clears throat> and I said, okay, tell it to me. He said, well, I can't tell it here. I said, well, why not? So people will think I'm crazy. So we went into an empty patient room, and he proceeded to tell me about a mutual patient, Mary, who had arrested on the operating table. He was the surgeon operating on her. And evidently what happened is when they gave her the antibiotic, uh, she was he had a, an anaphylactic reaction to the antibiotic and arrested. Flatlined, no pulse, no respirations, no response to pain. She was, she was basically dead. They called the code, and when they do that in the OR, everyone rushes in from the ORs next door. And one of the... The techs that rushed in had strikingly red hair underneath his operating room cap, and he started to do CPR, and he wasn't doing it adequately enough because Dave Mokel, the surgeon in charge, couldn't feel the pulse. So he asked him a couple times to step aside, and, and he didn't. Uh, and in the heat of battle, Dr. Mokel you know, was in charge of making sure that this was a life-and-death situation, and he pushed the, the tech aside, and he stumbled away, and he started to do the CPR himself. Well, he was adequately perfusing all of her organs and everything. All right, Doctor, CPR. we're going to have to have a little bit of a cliffhanger here. I have to take my first break here, Exxon Nation. More of this and many other fascinating stories as we continue this hour with our special guest, Dr. Scott Kolbaba, MD. We're going to be talking about his book, Physicians' Untold Stories. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and the good doctor and I return after the short break. Don't go away. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. founder, president of a new cancer foundation, 
focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Exonation, Dr. Scott J. Kolbaba, MD, is our special guest. He is the author of Physicians Untold Stories. And, um, Doctor, before we went to the break, you were telling us about a story where a code was called. And um, please continue, sir. Well, Dr. Mokul, who was in charge of the code, started to do CPR on, on his patient. And she she came to, she started, her heart started again. Uh, they gave her some intravenous medications and she didn't wake up until the next day, but, but they saved her life basically. And about three days later, after everyone had done their tests to make sure that it wasn't a major heart issue or anything else, uh, Dr. Mocha was giving her the final instructions for her ankle that he was operate, had intended to operate on, but, but he couldn't obviously. And she said, thank you for saving my life. And he said, well, it's just a team effort. You know, he's a humble kind of a guy. Yeah. And she said, no, no, I saw you save my life. I saw you push that guy with the red hair aside. I saw him stumble away. And then I saw you call Dr. Kobaba and page him and look toward the door multiple times. And by this point, Dr. Mokul, you know, who's a scientist, mm-hmm. uh, had kind of weak knees and he had had to sit down. He didn't know what to say. Couldn't This didn't make any sense scientifically. And she went on to explain lots of events that happened in the room that no one could have uh, could have told her, really, unless she was actually right there. And he said, well, how did you know this? And she said, when, when I arrested and when, basically I was dead, mm-hmm. I rose to the top of the room and I was watching myself and, and everyone around. And I could see exactly what was happening to me uh, very clearly. And my grandmother, who had been dead for about 20 years, came to me and told me that I would need to go back. I couldn't. This was not my time to go, but if I was a good person, she'd save a place for me in heaven. And then she, then she, uh, then her heart started, and she went back. And uh, Dr. Mokul just couldn't couldn't explain the, the, that incredible event. And so he told me because it's a mutual patient. And I said, Dave, who have you told this story to? Anyone else? And he said, No, I, I, they, they'd think I was crazy. He's a very conservative kind of an ordinary doc. And so after I heard that story. Mm-hmm. 
I thought, you know, maybe there are other doctors that have stories like this, and may, maybe this would make an interesting book. And I started asking around, and I was shocked at the number of doctors who have never talked about stories like this have, have come forward with amazing tales of premonitions, of dreams, of visions that uh, they're afraid to say anything about because they might be criticized. And so that's that's the impetus that got me to start writing this book because uh, I was just fascinated with all the events that, that had taken place in just our little circle of, of friends in, in our hospital. Truly fascinating, sir. You mentioned in your book love being the most powerful force in the universe. How did the doctors demonstrate this? You know, um, when you write a book like this, you, you get a collection of stories and you never know quite what the bottom line is, what the main theme. And... Um, it, it turns out that there are a number of stories that, that pointed to love, love of, mm -hmm. of uh, uh, doctors for the patients, vice versa, a love of a eternal force, uh, God, most of the doctors called it, to, to uh, uh, ourselves. There was one, one story that I particularly liked that demonstrated uh, a, a great love, and that was a, a story about two doctors that had become very good friends, and um, they were uh, Dr. Dr. Um, uh, Messett and Dr. Cornell. Dr. Cornell was a family practice doc. Dr. Messett uh, was a uh, gynecologist, and they met every morning in the doctor's lounge, and they loved fishing, so they talked to each other about fishing. And one day, Dr. Cornell wasn't there, and Dr. Messett found out that he had a massive stroke, and he was in the ICU. Oh. He went to visit him, and when he was there, the uh, ICU doc said that he was basically brain dead, and, and they were going to pull the plug, uh, take him off the, the ventilator, and in about three days, if he didn't show any signs of improving. Dr. Messett felt terrible. He uh, realized how much he actually loved uh, Dr. Cornell and um, didn't know exactly what to do. So he pulled up his chair close to his head. He was totally unconscious. He started telling him uh, stories about fishing. One of the fishing stories he'd never told him before was about a fishing trip to, to Canada where he caught grayling, which are fish that look like a little, a little bit like trout, evidently. And he caught so many one day that they had to you know, throw the, uh, it was catch and release, and he got his arms were sore from catching <laughs> fish. And every day he'd go in and tell Dr. Cornell uh, a story about uh, his fishing. And he didn't know why he was doing that. People would make fun of him for, for, for doing this because they said he's brain dead, you know, he, he can't come back. What are you telling him stories for? But Dr. Cornell, uh, Dr. Messel, I should say, loved him so much he thought he had to do something, and this was the way he could, he could do that. Well, the day that he was supposed to be taken off the ventilator, Dr. Messett came into the ICU and saw the room was empty. The light was shut off, the bed was taken down, and oh, he no. realized that he had died. He went to the nurse and he said, uh, you know, what, what time did he die? And the nurse kind of chuckled. And he was a little upset about that. And uh, she said, he didn't die. He woke up yesterday. We moved him to the regular floor. And by the time he, Dr. Uh, Messett caught up with him, mm -hmm. he, uh, he'd been to rehab. And uh, it was a, about a week later, and he had actually come back to the uh, doctor's lounge. And uh, he said to the doctor, they were talking, he had a, kind of a broken uh, language because he couldn't speak very well. He had aphasia, which is a, a partial uh, loss of speech from a stroke. But in, in, broken, in his broken uh, speech, he, he said, Dr. Messett, uh, th thank you for telling me those stories. Oh, and my God. Dr. Messett was totally blown away. And he said... Uh, thank you for telling me about those graylings in, in the Mackenzie River. I had never heard that story before, and it it was fascinating, and it was amazing. And I love to hear your stories. I look forward to your stories every day. And, and Dr. Messer was totally amazed that he could actually hear him and understand him. And Messet thought to himself, you know, I wonder if there's a time when people can decide whether or not to cross that bridge and leave the earth or come back. And whether those stories had actually, his love and his stories actually had, had influenced him enough to, to, to want to come back. And he lived for many, many years after that. And uh, I don't think he ever ended up fishing in the uh, Mackenzie River for grayling. Uh, probably not in this life, at least. What a story. Why, a do you think, why do you think, doctor, and 30 ordinary practicing physicians in all, different specialties, risk their reputations to come forward with these amazing stories? Well, I, you know, I asked myself that because I've, doctors don't talk about this. They don't talk about spiritual things to mm -hmm. each other. We talk about serum potassiums. We talk about, uh, you know, what patient we're going to be operating on uh, the next week or, or things like that. And, 
you know, I, I, there are a couple of things. I, I've been a doc here for about 35 years, so I think they know me and they trust me not yeah. to exaggerate or tell tall tales. So I think that was one thing. But I, but I think the biggest factor was, and, and I, after, after I got to know these docs really, really well, uh, in a deeper way than I, I've known them before, I think they are all what I called in the book sappy do-gooders. <laughs> they, they they want to do good every day of their lives. They want to help someone. They want to to, to make a difference in the world. And I think uh, there were there were conflicting uh, uh, purposes here. One, they wanted to do good in the world and let people know that there's something else out there. There's hope. Yeah. If you're suffering from uh, a serious illness, if someone's died, you know there is hope. There is something else. There's a there's a force. There's a God out there. And um, I think that that desire to give people hope was greater than their their concern about risking their reputations and having people criticize them for telling about visions and dreams and, and ghosts and things like that. So I think that was the bottom line. And, you know, it's turned out after we published the book uh, that they really have gained some notoriety and everyone is talking about the doctors and their stories in a very positive way. And, and they're thanking the doctors for coming forward and giving them some hope and giving them some peace in this, in this crazy life. As they very well should, because this is, this is very important for people to hear and people to I recognize. Yeah. How about uh, dreams? Did any doctors talk about their dreams? We had a couple, quite a few dreams, mm -hmm. uh, that, that were pretty impressive. Um, I think one of the most impressive to me was was Harold Adolph, who's also quite a sappy do-gooder. Harold Adolph's a surgeon. <laughs> I'm and, sorry. Every time you say that, I have to chuckle. And uh, he uh, dedicated his life to living in Ethiopia, operating on the natives and the, the peoples mm -hmm. uh, in Ethiopia. And uh, when he first went there, he had to raise all the money. He had to, you know, I mean, this was a, this is a, a labor of love. And he wanted to dedicate his life to do this. Well, he was incredibly busy because he was the finest doctor in the whole country and people would come for miles and miles to, to see him and they would bring people on stretchers seven him. days a week uh, with life-threatening illnesses that he had to address immediately. You can imagine doing this for seven months, seven days a week with no rest in the middle of the night, in the morning, in the afternoon, and he finally became burned out. And, he, and, and every morning, he's a pretty religious kind of a guy, and every morning he would say a prayer and this particular morning, uh, he realized that he couldn't go on. He, he had to stop. And he, and he said a prayer. And he, he said, Heavenly Father, uh, I hope I've done you know, some good things and, and hope my service has pleased you. But I can't go on. If I don't have a person that can take over for me today, I will have to stop and, and, and leave my practice and, and move back to the United States. So he was operating that day. He went across the street to do his surgeries. And uh, there was a knock on the operating room door. And uh, his wife showed up uh, at the door, and, and that's very unusual because his wife didn't like the sight of blood, and every time she'd see blood, she'd faint. <laughs> so it was very unusual that she'd be there. And she was standing there with this gentleman who was kind of an unkempt uh, clothes. His hair was all uh, messy. And uh, she said, Harold, I've got to tell you who, uh, who, who came to see you. And, and Dr. Adolph realized then and suddenly became kind of uh, goosebumpy all over because he knew what was happening. Uh, she introduced him to Dr. Moskowitz, who is a surgeon from Brooklyn, who had came to relieve him and just happened to show up that particular day. And when Dr. Adolph had a chance to talk with him, uh, he said, well, how did you happen to come and know that this was the day? And he said, about a month ago, I got a, I got a feeling that I needed to do my mission because I wanted to do this for a long time. I wanted to take a month to do a mission. So I, clo I, I told my secretary to schedule a trip to uh, a country. And Harold said, well, how did you decide on Ethiopia? And he said, well, I used the scientific method. I took a map out, spun it around three times, closed my <laughs> eyes and put my finger down. It landed on Ethiopia. So he, he flew to Ethiopia, didn't know where he was going to go. When he got there, he got a phone book and found the, the, the numbers of some mission hospitals, right. called them up, and was directed to Harold Adolf at, at that very time. So the bottom line uh, is that Harold took off, went on a vacation for a month, came back, and was able to do that then for the next 40 years. Uh, and it took, a, it took a break. Every six months, he took a month break. And uh, what, a, what an interesting coincidence, what an answer to a prayer that uh, this individual would come the very day that he needed him. 
How important is prayer in the work that you doctors do, and how does it work into the book that you've written? You know, I have seen some amazing things that have happened with prayer, mm -hmm. and and um, I think doctors recognize that too. Um, I don't think every prayer is answered immediately, but I think uh, there are there are prayers that that uh, uh, that are answered uh, a lot. There. Um, uh, one of the doctors told a story about a, a prayer that that he experienced. He was kicked in the in the it was, it was a he was in high school. He was kicked in the flank and it was, ruptured his kidney. Mm. He was in the hospital uh, in extreme pain. They decided after about three or four days he wasn't getting better, so they decided to take his kidney out. And um, that was going to happen. This is a Friday. The ha accident happened on I think a Tuesday, and uh, he. Uh, was very upset about this and was in such excruciating pain he couldn't even watch the TV, so he just watched the clock. And it was a particular, this particular Friday, he was watching the clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. At 10 o'clock exactly, the pain disappeared. He was able to get up, walk around. He had no blood in the urine. He was discharged from the hospital. And he recovered at home for about two weeks. And after he went back to school, he went to talk to one of his favorite teachers. And he said, we were very, very concerned about you. When we heard that you were going to take your kidney out, we decided to have a faculty prayer on Friday at passing hour, and, and uh, Dr. Geeser said, what time is that? He said, 10 o'clock on that Friday. Wow, stand by. We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exxon Nation, our guest this hour is Dr. Scott Kolbaba. We're talking about his book, a book that has to be read by everyone, Physicians Untold Stories. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, starwalkervisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Mnemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Mnemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com.
Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Scott J. Kolbaba, MD, is our special guest. He is the author of Physicians' Untold Stories. And um, this is uh, a book, Exonation, that, well, I'm telling you, it's going to make you think. It's going to make you get goosebumps. It's going to make you believe. And as I've said, belief is the strongest power in the universe. His website is www.physiciansuntoldstories.com. Dot com. Um, do you have any experiences or have you had any experiences or any members of the, of the doctors who have contributed to your book um, that scientifically could not be explained? You know, most of the stories are, are that way, Rob. Um, there are some really goosebumpy stories that, that, I, I, uh, that the doctors have related to me. And uh, one of my favorite stories that you can't explain scientifically is about uh, a little old lady called Grandma Hanlon. Grandma Hanlon was a grandmother of one of the doctor's wives. And uh, when the doctor's mm -hmm. wife was delivering her fifth child, um, the um, uh, Grandma Hanlon uh, entered the delivery room because she's a midwife and saved her life with two obstetricians in attendance. And the story goes that Grandma Hanlon was a, a midwife that came over from Ireland uh, she ultimately, uh, uh, she got older, uh, decided to uh, retire and live with uh, Joan Heisler's uh, mother. Uh, uh, and uh, the Joan and, and the grandmother, Grandma Hanlon, became very close friends and, and you know, were very, very special together. And, and Joan would say, if I could make it to Grandma Hanlon's lap, uh, I know I'd be safe if she got in trouble with her mother. And so when Joan was delivering her fifth child, uh, the pain started to become pretty severe. She delivered the child, but in the afterwards, they were going to give her some some uh, medication to, to uh, put her to sleep. It was called trialine at the time, and you put a mask over the woman's face, and they, they fall asleep, and then they can do the procedures they need to do after, after the delivery. And so Grandma Hanlon just, uh, walks into the room, uh, the delivery room, just about when they were going to put the mask on Joan Heisler's face, and she stood at the foot of the bed. She was dressed in a little polka dot dress, and she had a little sweater vest, white sweater vest on, her hair up in, the, in a bun, and typical Grandma Hanlon old lady shoes. And she shook her head. Uh, Joan, don't do that. And so Joan pushed the trialine away, and um, no one had realized that Joan had eaten a large meal right before the delivery because she wasn't at labor at the time. And within a minute of pushing the trialine away, she vomited the entire meal. Had she been asleep, had the mask on, she would have aspirated uh, all that, and she may have died or had some serious complications of serious pneumonia from that. So Grandma Hanlon basically saved her life, and she, uh, Joan says that she transcended uh, all time and eternity because uh, she made it to Grandma Hanlon's lap one last time. The interesting thing is Grandma Hanlon had died 22 years before that. Wow. That gives you goosebumps. <laughs> did me. Still does when I tell the story. It certainly does. So, what did you learn about premonitions in speaking with all the doctors that you did? You know, um, lots of docs have premonitions and and feelings, and and some of the premonitions were subtle, and mm -hmm. some of them were just were just uh, flamingly loud. You couldn't ignore them. The one that, that I, I particularly like is one that was told me by Dr. Steve Hyde, one of the first stories that I heard that actually pushed me again toward writing this book. Steve was um, 
uh, skiing in Colorado with his wife and his wife's sister, and they were they went to an unknown mountain that they'd never been on before, and they went up to the top of the mountain on the ski lift, and when they got to the top, a blizzard hit. And so they had to ski down, but the temperature dropped, the snow was coming down so hard that they could hardly see anything in front of them. And they, as they were skiing down, they came to a grove of trees, and they had to split up, uh, and they didn't realize that they were splitting up. Steve went to the right, and the girls went to the left. And as soon as he realized that, he decided to ski back through the trees and meet up with the girls. And while he was skiing through the trees, all of a sudden, something unusual happened. It became very, very silent. He could hear himself breathe. He could hear the skis and the snow. And it was really unusual. And he got this feeling. It was a deep feeling in his chest that something was, was dread, something dreadful was happening, and that he was being called upon to do something that had life and death implications. He had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. So, he, so he stopped skiing, took off his skis, and stood there for a minute didn't realize, didn't didn't know what to do. And so he decided that he had to climb up the mountain again in the opposite direction where the girls were waiting for him, and they were waiting for him. So he's climbing and walking, climbing and walking, comes to a big tree, a big pine tree, and there was five feet of snow. There was a tree well, which, you know, in, in Canada, you probably know about this with the snow you have. Oh, gosh. But there was a tree well that came down to the base of the tree. And and uh, when he looked down into the to this tree well, and, and he, he couldn't have seen it unless he was right on top of the tree, he realized why he was there. There was a body covered with snow underneath the tree. He brushed off the face, and Dr. Heim is also a trauma surgeon, so he's an ideal person to come across to a body like this in, in the woods. And he thought the individual was dead. He had a gray face, didn't look like he was breathing, but he's a trauma surgeon, so he reached down for the carotid artery. Mm-hmm. He had a pulse, so he knew he was alive. And he went into trauma mode, he brushed the snow off, covered him with his jacket, started yelling for help. One of the last skiers down the mountain heard his cry for help and came to him, and, and Steve told him to go get the st- ski patrol as soon as he could. And about 20 minutes later, the ski patrol shows up with a snowmobile and a gurney. They load the unconscious, hypothermic, shocky skier onto the gurney, take him down to the lodge where the ambulance has been waiting uh, since they called it when they, when, they, uh, when they went down to the lodge, and took him off to the hospital. Steve then uh, got his skis back on, skied back out to where the girls were, and they went down uh, to the, the lodge. When they called the next day to see what happened, uh, if that person had made it, uh, he was awake, alert, no injuries at all except for a broken leg, which Steve happened to splint in the oh field gosh. with a tree branch and a, some underclothes. And he said to me, you know, um, I, couldn't, I couldn't resist that urge that I had. It was just a premonition that, that was so strong, I, I had, to, had to do that, and now I know why. And um, he said, I've never had an occurrence like that again, but that just gave me the, the reason to, to, to believe that there's something else up there that looks out for us and that loves us unconditionally. Exonation, uh, Dr. Scott J. Kolbaba is our special guest. He is a medical doctor. He's the author of Physicians Untold Stories, and his website is www.physiciansuntoldstories.com. The book is filled with what many would consider miracles, uh, Dr. Scott. Have you and the doctors started to expect miracles routinely in your practice now? You know, I have, many doctors have, and and there's a little voice that sometimes happens in the back of your head that tells you, you know, I, I should do this. And my mm-hmm. partner probably is pays more attention to that than I do. He's had some incredible experiences. He had one experience where he was pre-opering a, a, a individual for a, for a total joint surgery. And after he finished the exam and a couple hours later, he just kept on getting this this voice in the back of his head, not not a literal voice, but the little little uh, like his conscience almost mm-hmm. saying that this guy needs a stress test. This guy needs a stress test. And so he has learned not to ignore that little voice. And he ordered a stress test. Well, the guy didn't want to do it, but he said, I'm not going to clear you for surgery unless you have one. The bottom line is he flunked the stress test badly, ended up with bypass surgery that saved his life. Had he gone for surgery, Holy he had such cow. bad coronary disease, he probably would have died. So he listens to that little voice, and I've learned to do that too. And, and I think we all hear that. I think we all yeah. have those little premonitions. And I think some of those are really significant. And if we listen to those, I think we're getting a little extra help from, up, from above. You know, I, in, in earlier in my life, I was a police officer, and I used to get that gut feeling a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I learned very fast to follow it. You know, yes. whether the car, a car would pass me while I was on patrol, uh, and, and something was just, just didn't click right, you know, and we'd pull the car over, do a routine check. And, you know, sure enough, it's either the person was wanted on what you people call felony warrants, or there was something else that, that 
needed our intervention at that time. And the same thing would happen to me when I was an investigator. You get that hunch. And it always seems to be that little voice that has never, you know, that you've had since you were a kid. That mm -hmm. voice never changes. And uh, so I, I believe in hunches. I believe in, in premonitions. I believe in synchronicity. And, you know, there's so much more that, yet, that we have yet to understand. And I think it's be with stories like this and uh, books <coughs> like yours that we'll have a, lo a better understanding of what could be and what is there and what is fact and what is fiction. Have you ever heard any of the near-death experiences that people have come back with? Uh, you know, I've had a lot of people talk to me about you know, stories that, that, they've, that mm -hmm. they've had. And um, uh, it's, a, it's amazing when I tell these stories, people remember uh, things that, that have happened to them. Um, near, I, I, I haven't had a lot of near-death experiences. Uh, I've had some, some very interesting stories that, mm -hmm. that have been told to me um, about uh, uh, saving lives and so forth. There was, there was a doctor that, that heard me on a, on a podcast who said that uh, he was in a, in a, working in an emergency room in a small uh, community hospital. It was very, very quiet, and mm -hmm. he decided to take a nap during the day. And while he was taking his nap, all of a sudden he woke up with, with a start, and and he decided to run out to the emergency room. Uh, he got he got his shoes on. He ran as fast as he could to the emergency room. He got there. The nurse was was standing there, and, and she said, "Well, doctor, there's no one here. You don't need to you don't need to be alarmed. Go back to your room and go back to sleep. Take a little nap." So he he, he didn't he didn't know why he was doing this, but he ran through the emergency room. Uh, kicked the doors open to the bay uh, where the ambulances come in. The ambulance door was open, mm -hmm. and there was an individual who had collapsed on the sidewalk just oh, outside gosh. the ambulance uh, entrance. He evidently had a heart attack, arrested totally uh, and on the uh, uh, sidewalk. Had he not seen him at that very time and started CPR and brought him into the, uh, the emergency room where they saved his life, he would have died from brain damage and from a cardiac arrest. So there are some really interesting and strange things that uh, happen to people. Before we go to our next break, which will be very shortly, uh, in about two minutes, how has writing this book affected your spiritual beliefs or your religious philosophy? You know, uh, and, and this is true, I think, for all the doctors that have participated in this book, but mm -hmm. you can't write a book like this with hearing stories from really, really ordinary docs. These are yeah. docs in practice that, that don't have a reason to tell you know tall tales. As a matter of fact, they have a reason not to tell tall tales. They they thought they'd be criticized. Mm -hmm. And when I when I've heard story uh, or story upon story upon story of these amazing experiences, you have to believe there's something else out there. And you know I believe in a God. I believe there's something that, that, that's upstairs, that loves us unconditionally, that participates in our lives, yeah. and it's, made, it's, it's strengthened my faith tremendously. Uh, and I think everyone that reads the book and, the, and all the doctors that have written in the book uh, uh, did the same thing. They, they have an increased faith and a belief that there's a, a, a beloved God up there somewhere. I agree with you 150%, sir. What I have seen and what I have experienced in my own lifetime, there's more to this existence than we will know at this time. And I believe that each and every one of us are part of a great plan that has been put in place and started long before each one of us has arrived. Doctor, please stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour, Exxon Nation. Dr. Scott J. Kolbaba, MD, is our special guest, and he is the author of Physicians Untold Story, and this was with 26 other physicians. A great book, Exonation. His website is www.physiciansuntoldstories.com, and the good doctor and I return on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center, where? Right here in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada.
Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net.
Exonation, uh, Dr. Scott J. Kolbaba is our special guest, and he is a medical doctor. He's also the author of Physicians Untold Stories with 26 other physicians. His website is www.physiciansuntoldstories.com. First of all, Dr. Scott, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show tonight, sir. It's been a great pleasure talking to you, and if you ever get the chance to see the other 26 physicians, please say there's a guy up in Canada who thinks that you guys are marvelous being me. That's wonderful, Rob. It's been fun being with you. Um, Before we went to the break, we were talking about, you know, some of the experiences that you've had, and and I brought in the master plan. And uh, during the break, you and I were talking, and you said you had a story that that you'd like to share with us. And please, go ahead, sir. Sure. Uh, You know, you wonder if someone guides us and leads us down down our path Mm -hmm. for the good. And I, and I really believe that after listening to some of the doctor stories, there's one that's in particular that I, I love. John Showalter is a hand surgeon, and he's an expert hand surgeon. He does microsurgery, which is a, an unusual special technique where he can sew little tiny blood vessels together. Mm. And he told a story to me about uh, his medical school career was at uh, University of Iowa. He loved it there, and he wanted to do his residency, which is after medical school, you have uh, from hand surgery five years of of residency at least. And so he applied for a a residency program at the University of Iowa and was not accepted, which is unusual. He's a bright guy. He's done really well. And they just have so many slots, and he couldn't get in. That was, he said, that's the greatest disappointment of my life, that I couldn't get into the school that I loved. Yeah. But he did make it into the University of Indiana. Well, it's interesting that the University of Indiana was one of the two schools in the whole nation at the time. This was about 30 years ago that was teaching a technique called microsurgery. And he learned microsurgery very well, and he loved it. And he didn't realize how much he would love this, this new technique. And so when he got out of this residency program, uh, People, his reputation for being able to do this spread through the Chicagoland area. And there was a young boy or young guy, about 18 years old, that gets younger and younger these days, uh, that ran a skill saw through his forearm. Oh. And his hand fell off in, in the factory. And he went to the right to the emergency room. And, and, you know, normally what they do is they'd say, this is too bad. We'll, you know, we'll sew up the arm and you'll have, you know, just one hand. Mm-hmm. But they knew of John Showalter's skill and knew of his training and so they called him up and said, would you mind, you know, would you want to take this guy on? And no one had done this kind of surgery in the Chicagoland area or, the, or all of Illinois ever before. He said, sure, I'd love to try it. And with his microsurgery techniques, he, he, could, he was technically able to do this. And so they sent the guy over. It was a 17-hour surgery. The hospital was a, was a buzz with all the attention he was getting because this was a landmark uh, kind of surgery. Mm-hmm. And after 17 hours, he was able to reattach the hand and it worked. Oh, my gosh. And he was the first one to do this. And had he not gone to the University of, of Indiana, he would never have been able to do that. And he based his whole career on microsurgery. And, he, and the, the, the boy, that, the guy that, that had the, the arm that lost the hand, mm-hmm. uh, after about two years of rehab and so forth, and when it was totally healed, he had a complaint for Dr. Showalter. And his complaint was when he played football, when he played football, and caught, caught a pass, his hand would sometimes tingle. <laughs> and that was his complaint. <laughs> Dr. Showalter's comment to me was, there's a master plan for us, and uh, I was just part of that master plan. The greatest tragedy in my life turned into the greatest blessing, and someone upstairs was looking out for him. Wow. Fascinating story. Speaking about fascinating stories, have any doctors reported or experienced visions of someone who had just passed? Yes. Uh, there, are, there are a number of, of doctors that had, had interesting visions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noemi Sigalov is, is one. She's a, a, a general surgeon who has an interesting history herself being uh, caught in, in communist Romania and being followed by the secret police, but that's a whole, whole different story that's actually in, in my book. But... Um, she took care of a, a nice couple that were missionaries, uh, doctor missionaries in Africa, and they would come back and, and she'd take care of them, and she she uh, really loved them and know them very well. And they always, you know, were, were very uh, anxious to, to have her learn about the scriptures and about God and, and read the Bible and, and not, not in a, not in a uh, ang- uh, uh, solicitous way, but just, you know, they, they loved her so much they wanted to, to make her aware of, of, you know, that, that there is a God. And, and, and so uh, the uh, individual, the, the, the uh, father of the family, uh, when he saw her for the last time, said, you know, someday 
I will teach you, uh, I'll show you that there is life after death and that there is a God. And I'll, uh, it will convince you uh, without, uh, any, without any doubt in, in, in your mind. And so um, uh, Dr. Sigalov you know, said thank you very much. And uh, a couple years later, uh, she was on her way to uh, uh, vacation. And she went to uh, uh, Tucson after she, uh, uh, after she had done a, a surgical case. And in the morning before her trip, she went into the hospital really early in the morning. And as she walked through the doors, she suddenly had this vision in her mind of this individual, this missionary individual, who had who was standing there with a smile on his face like he had accomplished a life goal. And she thought that was a little strange and, and was a little... Uh, shaken by the whole the whole affair and then she went on her vacation uh, she was there for three days and on her way back uh, she read her emails because she doesn't like to read emails when she's on vacation and sometimes you know uh, upset you and one of the emails was from the vice president of the hospital and he indicated that at on that morning that this uh, missionary individual who was a great friend of the hospital had died mm. and so Evidently, this was his last great missionary effort to come back, see her in a vision, and uh, help her believe that there is something after death. And the look, expression on his face, she said, was, was uh, amazing, that he had accomplished his life's mission to show her that there is something else after death. I don't know what to say about that. I really don't. So, uh, just one last thing, sir, uh, because I know our time is getting short. You mentioned that one of the doctors, when in training, always had a fluttering light either in a dream or during the day when someone on their service was going to die. Could you tell us about that? Sure, sure. Um, this is this was also uh, this is the same individual, Naomi Sigalov, and she mm-hmm. was wow. on a on a very uh, difficult surgical service that it was an inner city service, and there were lots of people that were very very sick and had gunshot wounds, and you know people were dying. Yeah. You know, quite a bit, uh, despite the greatest heroic efforts they could they could have, and so uh, it seems that every time uh, that someone was going to die, she would have this fluttering light sensation in in her vision. It would happen uh, when she was waking up in the morning, in a shower, sometime during the day, and the residents that were on the service became uh, they they grew to dread having her tell them that that she had this experience <laughs> because they knew for sure that something would happen. And sure enough, invariably, if she had that, that uh, vision or that experience, that someone would die in the service. And oh so uh, uh, after she finished her residency, that, that experience went away, and she hasn't had it since. After having written this book and published this book, and uh, by the way, the book, again, Exonation is Physicians Untold Stories by our guest this hour, Dr. Scott J. Kolbaba, with, other, with 26 other, other uh, physicians. Do you fear death? You know, the, one of the things uh, I think we all fear death a little bit. You know, we all we, we are not uh, none of us are 100 percent certain. But the thing that I learned from this book uh, was that um, and it reinforced my, my original beliefs that, that there is a God, that we live with with uh, God and, and our, our deceased loved ones uh, when when we when we leave this earth. So I think this book and the stories in this book have helped me realize realize that and have given me peace and I and and people that read the book are, are the same way there there are people that have terminal illnesses or have lost loved ones yeah. that write me letters and say thank you for writing this book it's given me great you know hope and peace that there is something beyond this this life and I'm I'm looking forward to meeting up with my father or my grandmother or whatever so it has helped me and I think uh, individuals that have read the book well I'm sure listening around the world tonight sir there are many people who are thanking you for writing this book and I'd like to thank you for them as well as for myself it's been a great pleasure having you on the show tonight um, what are your final thoughts for the Exxon Nation tonight sir I think um, I, I, what I'd like to get out of, of this book is I'd like to have people realize that there is something else out there there's mm-hmm. a force there's a God I call it God uh, out there that loves us unconditionally that people that have died can come back and, and be part of our lives. Uh, they understand us. And I'd like to have people realize that and look back on their lives at the little coincidences that they've had, and sometimes the big coincidences, that they may not all be coincidental, that someone uh, up there, mm-hmm. a, a God, helps direct our lives for the good and helps guide us. 
and I'd like to have people listen to that little voice in their in their mind, and and help and have them be guided to some good good uh, thing that that they're trying to do and and to to pursue uh, a good cause and and they will be helped. There's no question. Doctor, where can people get copies of your book? Uh, Amazon.com is the probably the easiest place to get a copy. It's both uh, available both as Kindle and also as a soft cover. Dr. Scott, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you and the other 26 doctors who have contributed to your book, Physicians Untold Stories. And I look forward to the next time, sir, you and I meet back here in the Exxon. Thank you so much. Thanks, Rob, very much. Exxon Nation, once again, our guest this hour has been Dr. Scott J. Kolbaba. His website is www.physiciansuntoldstories.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half past the hour as we wrap up this edition of the X-Zone, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. Eastern until 3 a.m. Eastern, right here on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Radio X across Europe, and of course, iHeartRadio. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away. $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.